Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Welcome to Weekend Gardening with your host, the empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. My goodness. We made it to May. The merry, merry month of May. All of those things. I cannot help but wonder if there's a reason why Prince Charles's coronation is happening on World International Naked Gardening Day. I'm somehow having a problem putting those two images together, but I can't take them apart either. So what do you think's going on? What's happening in your garden today? Let's talk about it. What do you say? 888-808-8637 is the Super Talk call line. 601-879-4395 is the C Spire text line, which is already beginning to pop up this morning as usual. You never let me down. Thank you so very, very much for that. Someone else that doesn't let me down is Lance, despite bicycle races and everything else on your road today, you got here. Thank you, sir. Appreciate that. Oh, it was beautiful. You know, it's just a misty gray <laughs> day, and then everything's rolling on time, and then you see a thousand bicyclers on the spillway. And Glad they're there. Man, that was, you know, I want to. Ten minutes later, I'm, they would have been fine. I'm raising a salute. That was that was impressive to see that many at one time in, in the groups, and they had them spread out, and I thought the police were doing a great job. They got us through there. But thank y'all for letting me get to work this morning, <laughs> and I hope y'all have a, had a wonderful bike race today. You know, there's a lot of things going on in the out of doors that are kind, everything from weeding your garden to, in my case, um, staking some more tomatoes, well, caging some more tomatoes, to any number of bicycle races and and hikes and all sorts of stuff. Take your rain gear. This is the weather forecast from Garden Mama. I am not a meteorologist. Take your rain gear. Even I brought my umbrella today. So that's a rare thing with me. I'm usually happy to just run to the car. I think it might be raining later. We'll see. We'll see. All right, now, starting us off this morning, Trey is absolutely um, wondering this morning a few things that we all know and wonder Knowledge is knowing a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting it in a fruit salad. But philosophy is wondering if a Bloody Mary counts as a smoothie. I can tell you it does not, but it does count as two vegetables. <laughs> so that's all I can help you. Unless you count the potato in the vodka. No, you don't get to count that, I don't think. Are you a, are you a Bloody Mary fan? Occasionally. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, Derby Weekend, that kind of stuff? This or? is Derby Weekend, and I am definitely not a mint julep fan. Yeah. So if I were doing such a thing, it would probably be a Bloody Mary. Yeah, I, as somebody that bartended for a while in between, you know, things. Seven other like, jobs. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Uh, but I always loved making a Bloody Mary. And, you know, you would always have all of these uh, bartenders that had their own, you know, uh, it's sure. hard to, a little way of doing it. Sure. The one that always got me was, and I didn't see it in Oxford much, but was the fried chicken piece and the bacon inside of a Bloody Mary. Now, I never really got I've that. I've only heard those rumors, yeah, but they would, not, they would not be mine, I'll tell you. So you're not, that would not be your no, style of Bloody Mary. No. I hear you. I will tell you, though, that in South Louisiana, as learning to be a bartender, I was taught that if someone asked for 
a really hot Mary, what you put, you put a red pepper pot in the bottom of the glass and muddled it, and it did turn out pretty hot, let me tell you. Pretty, pretty good. So good morning, Trey. Welcome in. Thank you so much for that. Good morning from 662. I always roll up to see if I can tell who somebody actually is, but I don't know if this is Corey. I'm going to say hello, Corey in Batesville. Maybe that's you. Thank you. (laughs) If you tell me who you are and where you are, it makes me better able not only to imagine you, but also to be able to give you better advice. It's not it's not just a pure vain thing, but I do like knowing just for my own edification, as it were. I saw a picture last night of some ground cover that was not planted properly, in my opinion, because what has happened to it is that all of the mulch around it has washed away. And so... The hard rains have pounded the soil, and what you have is little clumps of ground cover, in this case monkey grass, but it could be a juga, it could be anything really. They're just sticking up in little places, and it's it's certainly naked in between them and not very well cultivated. So what are you going to do about that? A couple of things that are possible. First is you got to get the water to not sit there if that's what this problem is. If it just rushes through there, you you also need to divert it because it clearly carried all of the mulch in this, you know, not a large space, but big enough that you don't want to have to go back and mulch it every time that it rains. So it, my thought is to figure out where the water's coming from and divert it away from the bed, first of all. But if that can't be done, it is possible to put some trenching into the bed itself, even though it's ground covers, that then would be filled with mulch that would absorb more of the water and keep it away from the plants. This also goes to my theory, and not mine exclusively by any means, but many people will say, if you got any leftover seeds just that you haven't planted for anything else, sow them out there amongst the new planted ground covers, some kind of annual seeds. Could be vegetables, could be flowers. You're not actually going to turn them into a crop. You're just trying to hold the ground around them. When we plant ground covers in the fall, for example, a lot of people will say plant some alfalfa or some rye around it because you're going to turn those under later on anyway, and it will hold the soil in place. So that's just a couple of ideas for you this morning about how to handle those ground covers. If yours are happy and healthy, this is a real good time to shear them. Um, I've just taken the string trimmer to a a small patch of mine because they're going to get dug up to plant some other things there. And I found that to be the best way to go. It, It keeps them from wilting during the digging up process. And then when they sprout again, they're ready to be planted someplace else or, I don't know, given away, sold composted, depending on how much monkey grass you have, (laughs) and depending on which one you have and if you like it, all of those things are are important to consider. This is Weekend Gardening, and it is my pleasure to uh, welcome in Dave in Morton. Hello, Dave. What's going on? Oh, he hung up. I'm sorry. I was reading the first line. I'm sorry. I was trying to get to you. Uh, He had a bad connection. We're we're back on the slag conversation. He called us last week, (laughs) and he said uh, he forgot to tell us that the black powder style slag, coal slag, or, you know, it's basically black powder. I was looking it up in here, Mm -hmm. um, and I'd never heard of, you know, black powder slag, so I told him we'd do a little digging Mm -hmm. and find Mm -hmm. out for him, but he uh, definitely wanted me to ask you that, and uh, I told him if we didn't get it right just to call me back though so we'd figure well, it out i'm i'm gonna just stay where i am and say that i'm in favor of slag for paths and unless you have some it i can tell you that it doesn't break up clay 
and I can tell you that it doesn't break, doesn't do much for sand except make holes in it. You know, in other words, the the water will continue to drain just about as fast because it's not an organic element. The anyway, so the discussion of gin trash kind of goes along with the discussion of slag because it's two things that we have a whole lot of in this part of the world, and. Cotton gin trash has a great reputation with some people, and it is completely avoided by others. If you're interested in it, ask a question. We can talk about it. Um, And I always thought it was funny that when it's really such a valuable resource in some ways that it's called gin trash just tells you that it wasn't valuable to the people who were doing the ginning process. I always love seeing that huge pile. Of, yes. the, of the gin yes. trash we have a, a gin right out from our hunting club and it is an impressive sight to see and it used to be a cotton gin and so you had all sure. the old cotton seed uh and it would turn Everywhere. black and mm-hmm. break down mm-hmm. but uh, i did a little reading on the the slag i wouldn't put it in in a garden because as it said that you know generally it's a byproduct of something else yeah. and it yeah. would obviously it's a manufacturing byproduct and it would create some whether potential it's steel or coal right or toxicity to the ground yeah. so yeah i'm with you on that I'm, i'll i'll make paths with it if i have some and and frankly it's really handy for that because particularly the slag that's not coal slag but is the other is almost limitless in its ability to last i I like shells i like crushed concrete because they do break down and they do form a better bear a better bond with the soil below so they stay around a little while longer but the slag is a better walking surface sometimes you can argue with me Triple eight eight zero eight eight six three seven. You can send a text of you walking on slag if you want to. Whatever it is you're up to this morning, six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. There are uh, there are few events in one's life that are any more overwhelming at, at what in ways than to ask an artist to come out and actually put their work out on exhibit, because most artists. And you know who I'm talking about now. Most artists don't think they're near as good as the rest of us think they are or know they are. John Meek's exhibit at the Mississippi, the Museum of the Mississippi Delta. I don't know why I keep trying to put the state first. It's Museum of the Mississippi Delta will open happily, I'm glad to say, May the 9th with a reception from 5 to 7, and it will run through June the 23rd. You need to go there and you need to buy a lot because he's not going to ask you to. I am. There's no reason for me to do this except to tell you that this is homegrown, genuine, beautiful pieces that I get a chance to talk about here all the time. There are views of the Delta that are – the Delta is a place in many ways – the Mississippi Delta is a place in many ways that exists kind of in a bubble. And believe it or not, it won't look the same forever. So it's a wonderful way to have a piece of that in your world. And I like it. So Museum of the Mississippi Delta dot com. I was uh, sitting with my mom having some coffee the other day, and I said, hey, let's look up John Meek. I want, I want to show you some stuff. As her mother was a, a, a very accomplished artist, and I got to grow up in, in the paints, you know, and then <laughs> I got to grow up in the garden with the other grandparent. But we sat there and went through what, he, what limited amount he had on the website. But it is breathtaking. If you haven't taken the yeah. time to just go look, this is a, a Mississippian in the heart of the Delta that really does an amazing job. And uh, I, it's just hard to describe his work really honestly you got to go see for yourself and like you said go go up there uh, and and enjoy and buy it is definitely really good stuff really important i can i can feel his ears turning pink <laughs> from here because he doesn't like us to talk about him we're going to do it anyway 
Museum of the Mississippi Delta dot com. John Meek. All right. All right. Which has nothing to do because I have to lighten it up again. Has nothing to do with National Garden Naked, Naked Gardening Day. I'm happy to say because about every other year I post the same meme of the lovely woman with flowers in her strategic parts. And the first year, I got some pretty ugly remarks. The second year, just some ha-has. And this year, I got some really very humorous responses. So if you follow me on Facebook you or, or Instagram, either one, you'll find some very amusing things along with the... Uh, Someone asked, when did I dye my hair in that color? She has red hair and all the flowers. But anyway, really funny. The uh, So it's just today. Is yeah, it's the, just yeah. today. Well, I, and, you know, that... There is Naked Bicycling Day, but I don't participate in that 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 seems that that would be a great challenge, much like I I would think gardening naked if you had lots of rose bushes or Mm -hmm. those types Mm -hmm. of things. Not as dangerous as cooking bacon, but can be quite an event. Can be quite an event, for sure. For sure. I have had too many questions about ladybugs. And I love ladybugs. I put a picture of one that I discovered in my garden this week in my newsletter because... There's, there was something different. I, I have every sort of ladybug in my garden. I have the orange ones and red ones and different, because those are all different stages, basically, as well as different types of ladybugs. But I had never seen one with the little, what's called a flower fungus growing on their back. It's not, not a parasite, not a problem for them, but it's a particularly attractive, interesting-looking picture. I went back and looked. Um, I love that you can search your own stuff. And in the questions that have come in to me in the last six months or so, ladybugs have been in there every month, which doesn't usually happen with any particular creature or plant. So I thought I would answer the questions that come along since they've all been along. Is it okay that ladybugs came in with my potted plants when I brought them in from the porch? Yes, that's fine, but it may mean that you have aphids on those plants because the ladybugs are looking for something to eat. They they like you, but they're not going to come hang out on your plants unless... There's something there for them. So look for the mealybugs or for the aphids and take care of them. Dot each one of them with rubbing alcohol on a, you know, swab or something, and you'll get them to go away. Can I vacuum up the ladybugs falling out of my Christmas tree? This really was a question that I had to kind of laugh about, and I thought, well, yeah, you can do that. Just dump them outside after you do. That would be the best idea. Um, why are there ladybugs all over the kitchen floor? This was in February. They're li- they're looking for love. They're trying to find somewhere that's comfortable and warm that they can make a nest. So sweep them up and toss them back out into the garden. Do ladybugs bite? Yes, some of them do. Brush them off and then wash your skin. Some people are very allergic to this. Just like some people, everybody says, do you have to wear gloves when you garden? Well, I guarantee you there's something out there that's going to irritate your, your in terms of dermatitis or, or, or something's going to get under your fingernail that, that bothers you or something. So, yeah, I'm going to say that. But some people really have to because their skin is sensitive to stuff or because their particular way of doing their nails means that it would cost them $75 every time they got in the garden if they didn't wear, wear some gloves. That would not be these, needless to say. But a lot of people do. So that's I, I like that. Um, it's just the, the riding around with the ladybugs in the garden is pretty much fun. So I say yes, go ahead and do that. Some things that have been happening in... I told you about 
the variegated holly that has come back up with mostly variegation but one great big green stalk in the middle i'd cut that back well unfortunately it's now branched and come up as two bright green stalks (laughs) i'm tempted to cut it again and see if it comes up as four just you know for curiosity but it's just an indication of what can happen in the garden and what often does, which is that is to say what you do not expect. On the other hand, when I needed some basil um, for a, a, a bit of cooking that I was doing this week, all I had to do was walk outside because I had a beautiful basil plant that actually needed to be pinched. So it brings me to tell you that as soon as you get four or five sets of leaves on a basil plant, You need to start pinching it. Otherwise, it's going to get too tall and go into bloom too soon. We're trying to avoid the flowers on basil, on coleus, on many members of the mint family, even catnip and catmint. We would rather that they didn't bloom because it takes away from the power of their leaves. And certainly when it comes to things like catmint, the leaves are the point, right? At least that's what my cats tell me. So a cute tip this week. Take an old towel, just call it the catnip towel. Put a little catnip on it. Let the cats roll around on it. They'll love it. Then you just fold it back up. They'll go pull it out and tell you when it's time to put some more on. You'll always know. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Time is tight. we got to step away. This is Weekend Gardening. We are agriculture, the number one industry in Mississippi. We are 180,000 member families strong, a century of generations. We are grassroots Mississippi in all 82 counties. We are unified, the largest general farm organization in Mississippi. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation, 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org. Do you ever feel like you are in the dark? Well, with a propane generator, you'll never be in the dark again, at least when the lights go out. Enjoy the comfort and safety of knowing you have a propane generator always ready when the electricity goes out. Propane generators assure you will always have power. Propane-fueled, clean cooking, hot water on demand, warm and consistent heat, and power when you need it most. Why would you choose anything else? Propane. Clean American energy. Visit MSPropane.com today. Do you suffer from allergies, sinus or respiratory problems, or just want to improve the quality of air you breathe in your home or business? Pure Air Consultants can help. As your indoor environmental specialist, we clean air ducts, install UV lights, and service all makes and models of heating and cooling systems. We offer the most dependable Energy Star qualified systems in the industry. Call Pure Air Consultants today, 601-939-7420. A proud provider of Dream Home AC Systems. (laughs) Are you feeling it? (sighs) Dream. The new degree of comfort. Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year. Which means... Wait, wait, wait. Hold up. Question for the audio engineer. Go ahead. Did I read that right? Discover automatically doubles all your cash back? Yeah, that's what the script says. So if I get a Discover card right now, I can earn twice the cash back. 
Apparently. Wait! Unlimited first-year cash-back match. Only from Discover. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash match. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Celebrating our 40th anniversary at Cock of the Walk. Voted the best catfish in Mississippi with our grilled or fried catfish along with greens, coleslaw, and a skillet of our homemade cornbread. With locations on the Reservoir, Pocahontas, and one mile from the Grand Ole Opry in Nashville, Tennessee. Catfish, hush puppies, and fried dill pickles. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. I like chicken. I like fish. I like hush puppies. I love it. Catfish is excellent. For a flipping good time, come down to Cock of the Walk. Ladies and gentlemen, Mazda of Jackson would like to introduce the all-new 2024 Mazda CX-90, the car that takes luxury to the next level. Imagine being behind the wheel, feeling the comfort of the premium leather seats, and breathing in the aroma of genuine wood trim. And that's just the beginning. The CX-90 has a sleek design that's sure to turn heads wherever you go. The exterior is built to impress with bold lines and an athletic stance. But don't let its sporty exterior fool you. The CX-90 is built for families. With three rows of seats, it comfortably accommodates up to seven passengers. Plus, there's ample cargo space for all your gear. And for those who demand the latest technology, the CX-90 delivers. With a state-of-the-art infotainment system and advanced safety features, you'll always stay connected and safe. The all-new 2024 Mazda CX-90. Luxury, performance, and family-friendly, all in one package. Test drive yours today at Mazda of Jackson. I noticed mom hasn't been herself lately. She's been forgetful and not remembering to take her medicine. After visiting the orchard, I knew it was perfect. The orchard is Mississippi's premier continuing care retirement community, licensed in Alzheimer's and dementia care for men and women. I know she's in good hands. It's safe, convenient, and most importantly, it feels like home. For that extra peace of mind, call the orchard today for a tour. 601-856-2205 or go to orchard. OrchardRetirement.com Yes, indeed. Sometimes the news in the green world is just as funny as you might think it would be. How about from Yale University? We are now learning that humidity may increase the heat risk in urban climates. You think? (laughs) Come on now. What'd y'all do? Come to New Orleans for Jazz Fest? Go to Tupelo? I mean, come on. Just come visit with us. You'll understand that, yes, humidity... The day that it's 72 and the humidity is 29%, we are all singing and dancing down the street. All right. Humidity gets up around 40 or 50. We're thinking, well, where's that shade? Well, maybe I can finish this a little earlier and be done with it. Hope it doesn't get to be 80 degrees. Oh, it's 80 degrees. You know, the, the next thing you know. So the researchers found that what is called the heat stress burden depends on the local climate (laughs) we have plenty by the way they don't know this but i'm telling them then the humidifying effect can erase whatever cooling benefits that would come from the trees around it and vegetation we have lots of studies i'm making fun of this but we do need people need to understand this if they don't we have a lot of areas where 
the trees and the the climate itself kind of work together to keep things from being oppressively hot. You go to a similar temperature and humidity environment, even the amount of sunlight in an area that's all concrete jungle, so to speak, it's not going to have the same effect on you standing there. You're not going to feel the same. It's just as just like people will tell you that where there is a constant breeze, even if it's a warm breeze, it's better than if there's not one. If the air is stirring, it keeps the humidity from landing on you, so to speak, from keeping you from, from realizing it so much. Green vegetation, as they say, green plants, can, of course, lower the air temperature, but because plants evaporate water, and that does lower the temperature around them, but it increases the heat burden because of the humidity that that creates. So there's, there's not really um, anything to, to do about it, but people do need to be aware, and certainly architects need to study how to ameliorate the conditions. Of course, when you look back, you're going to see that having the porches face a particular way and having, having, you know, having things so that they're in the direction of whatever the prevailing breeze is in that area always helps. The selections of materials to plant makes a great deal of difference, and quite frankly, where you are. If you're in South Florida, the humidity is going to be pretty good, even if you're on the beach. So we have a lot of that to measure and a whole bunch of stuff that they're doing. They hope to address more of these issues. Um, The Yale School of Environment is working and publishing in Nature to try and help us understand a little bit more about the way humidity affects people. (laughs) All they need to do is come spend about a month with me, and I'll tell them. So I think that's enough. I don't know. may not be. Shannon wanted to know, really good question. She's trying to nurse her sweet olives. They're in big containers. She's in Oxford, and she wanted to know what I suggest. They are branchless, I mean, leafless on the branches at this moment, but there there is some green under the bark. So I, I said clip off anything that's not green under the bark, fertilize the plant, keep it watered, cross your fingers. You know, that's just all we can do at this point. Mine have leafed out. My, my ligustrums that died on top have leafed out at the bottom. They look real silly now. <laughs> so I'm going to keep pruning them. We inherited. I inherited a sweet olive about a about a year and a half ago, and it was it was a little stunted. It, it would it had been in you know shade, and uh, it looked like it was gonna have uh, uh, you know be put down after this winter. <laughs> and I was really you know upset about it because I, I loved on it and and really nice you know, worked plant. on it. Yeah, yeah beautiful. And uh, all of a sudden, at the base. You know, yeah. it started sprouting, and then all the you know the trees started it coming back. Up. So I think we're a little ahead down here of of, of Oxford, Oxford, but yeah. I, it looked like there was a little green at the base. And I think she's going to be fine. And it, it, lo- it looked it, just still like gonna, mine. There's going to be stuff to prune off, mm-hmm. but yeah. there, there's I have the problem that the middle is bare. the The bottom, lower branches on my sweet olive, and it is a tree. the The sweet olive, um, the the lower branches are are fine, and the very top is fine. But the middle looks like a mess. <laughs> I don't know what's going to happen next. I'll prune something. Anyway. Oh, that's nice. Dave's growing pentas in Madison. Yes, you can deadhead them, and they will make more flowers for sure. Um, that's pretty. Congratulations. I like pentas. Butterflies like pentas, too. Very nice. Let's see. Um... Bump a dump bump bump. Let me look. There's. It does look like there. There may be. Um, 
If this plant is outside, it's a tomato, and he's telling me the brand of potting soil that he's potted it in, which is a very rich potting soil, which also has polymers in it to hold water, and he wants to know if this thing is staying too wet. I think it's having a little transplant shock, and yes, it's staying too wet, both of those things. So what I would do, I wouldn't do anything to it except maybe cut back a couple of the longer leaves, the ones that are yellowing. I wouldn't take them off, but I'd cut them in half around on the plant to take some of the stress off, move the whole business into a garage or into some kind of shade for a week, and fertilize it, let it dry out, and then see what we got. Because, it, I mean, the plant looks good. It just looks like it's a little stressed. Okay? Okay. <laughs> it does need a little help, but you can do that. That's that's good. Questions in the Facebook group today. This week has been really funny in the Facebook group, um, Garden Mama group, because people put in things that need a picture in order to ask the question, like, can you tell me what's wrong with this plant? And there's no picture attached to it. I, I'm not going to try and guess. I'm not that psychic. Or there'll be, what was it, roses by my quince bush. I don't have any idea. That's nice. I mean, I don't know what I'm supposed to comment on or say or anything. So those are not questions that get answered for those of you who are listening. Now, on the other hand, Nancy wanted to know about hydrangeas and the fact that they've got sticks standing up still and growth at the bottom. Sounds just like mine. I did cut all the sticks off that were dead, and the plants look a whole lot better now. (laughs) They They don't look quite so alien. And because there were only a couple of leaves that had tried to come out on the top of one branch, I did cut that branch off. I didn't. I felt like it was just too, too out of the harmony of the plant. Um, I did, unfortunately, this week also discover that if I'm ever going to have the particular mahonia that I had the soft, the, I believe it's called soft touch or or something like that. It's the mahonia that has really, really um, long, thin leaves and really pretty yellow flowers, just like the other mahonias. But it's much more delicate looking. It shouldn't have been. It should be just as hardy, but it's dead. <laughs> it's 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 dead. So I'm going to have to get rid of it. I hate that. It's a shame. Let's see. Um, I have about an inch and a half of gravel in the very bottom of the pot with the new potting soil. Well, I hope there's also a hole in the bottom of the pot because you still need drainage, even if you put gravel in it. The latest studies, in fact, tell us that, that gravel is not that helpful It if unless there's a couple reasons why you would do it. If you, for instance, have a plant that is in, you're putting it into a container and it's a container that is sort of shaped like the one you're looking at here. It's smaller at the bottom and then comes up to a wide top, maybe a foot tall or more. Yes, gravel in the bottom can help keep the pot from tripping, tipping over. So if you need a little extra weight, a little ballast, as they say, you put the gravel in. We used to put, and people still grow house plants in some cases with just gravel in the bottom of them. But it's really... You have to be very careful about the way you water, and it's not appropriate for something like a tomato. The The tomato needs to be watered all the way through, so if there's not drainage in the bottom of this pot, we've got a whole different problem. That, that's a question that I've always been curious about. Is I worked for the School of Pharmacy at Ole Miss for a while as a fundraiser and was privy to going into the Waller Lab where, you know, obviously they have the facility to grow legally. Uh, the plant that now we've uh, we've legalized. That would but be cannabis. There you go, cannabis. Mm-hmm. So, uh, But one thing they were doing was obviously they were splicing off a mother plant, um, 
um, or a, a, but mm-hmm. the, the neat part about it was they were growing in hydroponic uh, mm-hmm. clay. It was like little yeah. balls, yeah. and it was there was no soil, right. and it was all done in that. Right? Uh, could you do that with a tomato, or does the tomato need tomatoes? The, soil? the tomatoes are grown hydroponically, yes, okay. in, in many cases. Everything is actually in the vegetable world. When you see those warehouses full of lettuce, they're not growing in soil; they're usually growing in rock wool or or a pelleted product, like you're talking about. The thing that has to happen is that the the nutrient has to the system has to include the nutrient in the water. And at that point, you're you're good. But it's a it's an ongoing. It's almost constant feed, and the problem that people run into, and in fact, are running. If the whole thing stays too wet, you run into fungus problems. If the whole thing doesn't get leached periodically, that means the, the just fresh water running through the whole system. Then you can end up with some problems that come from that. But it. But yeah, they can all be grown in in hydroponic settings, and they are. It's very impressive. Warehouses full of lettuce is very impressive. You don't understand why we don't all have that in our kitchen, just sort of a little box, you know, that would, would do that light and, and conditions. Well, as much lettuce as I eat, I, I feel like I keep the growers in pretty See? good business. So that's I need to learn thing. how to grow my own. Yes. Well, that's that's no problem. That's no problem. There, there, The issues around growing lettuce are the months of the year that we can't. And we're getting close now. You know, we, as the hotter the weather gets, the more likely it is to bolt. And that that's a problem. But right now there's some beautiful lettuce. Um, I'm going to call you out. Christine Coker, extension agent on the co- on our coast. Y'all tell her, hey, because she's busy this morning, I'm sure. But she was posting some beautiful lettuce this week. All her stuff's gorgeous. Really, really nice to see. Fun stuff. Oh, I know there's something else going on that was fun, too. I heard it the other day. It was like a weenie, uh, the weenie dog ra- race is going on in like <laughs> Brookhaven. Or, I, I, I hate that I can't say it correctly, but it sounded like an absolute hoot nanny. <laughs> uh, and I, it's you South know, Mississippi, though. I know that. I will say that we are very fortunate. There are lots of people in this country that do not know what to do unless they have a screen in their hand. And here in the Deep South, but particularly in Mississippi, we make our own fun. We've been doing it so long we wouldn't know how to stop. That's just what we do. I learned how to play spoons on on the porch at my great aunt's in Mississippi when I was five years old. Now, don't ask me to play spoons, but it sure was fun at the time. Learned how to play ukulele and all sorts of other stuff there that that I don't that I don't do. Don't invite me. I can't come to that. I come listen to you though if you if you're doing that, because we we really do make our own fun. Another question in the Facebook group this week: Deb wanted to know about fertilizing blueberries last week, and she was wondering if she could use sawdust for that, only if it's been composted for more than a year. And even at that point, you're going to want to make sure what's in it. So you'd want to do a little bit of a test to see what ingredients, what what nutrients you're actually providing with that. Um, I would prefer to see you use another, an organic fertilizer or a fertilizer that that creates acid in its as part of its structure. One that's for, you know, blueberries and 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 hollies and camellias and those kind of plants. Then, um, what about using sawdust to mulch blueberries? Well. If you're going to use sawdust to mulch blueberries, it also needs to be composted. And, and I don't I don't know that once it's composted, it's going to be a particularly good mulch, but it's certainly a brilliant soil amendment. But you've got to let it compost for a long time. Otherwise, what will happen is if you put fresh material of any sort like that around your plants, the plants will begin to turn yellow. And when they turn yellow, it's not because they're dying. It's because they're being sucked 
out all the nitrogen is being taken by that mulch. So they're being sucked to death, and that's an unfortunate thing, too. Um, oh, let's see. We had a question from Robert and Ripley, and yeah, he was curious about lettuce. Would the if you wanted to grow it, obviously, if it's too hot outside, could mm-hmm. you move it inside? Mm-hmm. Will the AC inside of the house be enough of a drop in temp to grow the lettuce? Temperature control is important. So is humidity and sunlight. And yeah, they air condition those facilities where they grow that lettuce. You think there's? I mean, you know, the lettuce doesn't all come from Canada in the middle of the summer. <laughs> Some of it still comes from Arizona and other places like that because they do cool the facility as well. They warm it in the winter too. You know, they keep it. They keep the temperature at that particularly moderate point where lettuce grows very well. Always think of lettuce as sprouting really well at 55 and growing really well at 65. But there's a little bit more margin than that, (laughs) fortunately. We wouldn't get any here if we didn't have a little bit more margin. That's great. Fun stuff. So that's our joy for this week. How are we going to do all of that? Well, we're going to learn how to grow hydroponically. One of the things that's good that people have, have been talking about in Europe because of the the war in Ukraine affects them directly in terms of their foods. And there's there's people that are not even gluten-free that are learning how to use flowers that don't have wheat in them because they don't have any wheat. Makes you wonder how you do all of that. Hmm. Well, I don't know. Are you picking turnip greens yet? I hope so. Stick around. This is Weekend Gardening. Don't know why, but something felt right When she stopped and asked Miss Bell For some of her sweet tea Mama gave her a big old glass And sent her right back here to me Thank God for good direction Turn them greens Most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. A lot of businesses are losing opportunities to get new customers if they're not online. With the power of Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital, you can reach potential customers and get more referral and repeat business. The highly trained and trusted team at Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital is ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you. Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden to ask you, why do we garden anyway? Are you looking for a beautiful retreat where you can get away from it all? Seeking to reduce stress? To have a home you can really enjoy and invite friends over? Lakeland Yard and Garden is ready to help with your garden paradise. In addition to being a complete nursery, greenhouse, and garden shop, Lakeland offers patio furnishings, including couches, chairs, tables, and much more. Let the professionals at Mississippi's largest garden center help you get away from it all right there in your own backyard. Why do we garden? 
because we love it. We love the outdoors, and yes, we too want to get away from it all sometimes. Lakeland Yard and Garden is celebrating 43 years of serving all your garden needs. We're growing your way at Lakeland Yard and Garden, Lakeland Drive at Airport Road. At Fillmore Buick GMC, we strive to make buying your next vehicle easy and take care of you long after you drive off the lot. That means upfront and honest pricing, doing everything we can to make the time you spend in the dealership as short or as long as you need. It means we understand that purchasing a vehicle is more than just a transaction for you. We want you to enjoy the experience as much as we appreciate your business. Find your next Buick GMC or pre-owned vehicle at FillmoreBuickGMC.com. Fillmore Buick GMC. You drive everything we do. I'm David Frederick, owner of Frederick Sales and Service in Brandon. I'm here to tell you that springtime is the best time to buy a new X-Barn zero-turn mower. With unmatched quality of cut, ease of operation, and low maintenance, it's no wonder why X-Mark is the number one choice of landscape professionals. With sizes starting at 42 inches and 0% financing available, we have an X-Mark zero-turn for all size lawns. Come by my store and see why Frederick's has been leading the way and serving you for 30 years since 1993. If you're about to start a project or remodel with wood, you need to think Miller Lumber in Richland. Since 1953, we've built a solid reputation of supplying quality wood at a lower price, like western red cedar and cypress lumber, as well as a wide variety of patterns in pine, cedar, and cypress. Shop Miller Lumber for the best price new pine flooring and treated lumber in town. Miller Lumber, 551 Old Highway 49 South in Richland. Visit MillerLumberSales.com, 601-936-7099. Today on Hey Culligan's Smart Home, Smarter Water Softener, here's Kevin. Hey Culligan, can a smart water softener lift those heavy salt bags for me? Kevin, it can. (laughs) Wait, it can? Yep, the smart high-efficiency water softener from Culligan can alert your dealer when the salt needs to be replaced, and they'll do it for you, so your water stays soft and you stay away from lifting the bags. I mean, I could lift them if I wanted. No judgment here, Kevin. We're happy to do it, and we're already on the way. Let us help you out with a free in-home water test with the local Culligan water expert at Culligan.com. I don't know about your weather forecast, but my world has a chance of rain every day this week. That means get up, get out, do your gardening, and don't count on the rain to water your plants. This is something you have to say a little too often because we are very optimistic people, and we would like to think that the rain is going to take care of these things. It will not in many cases, but it will particularly not if you're trying to grow vegetables. Or cut flowers either for that matter, but particularly vegetables because they have to grow at a steady rate to be productive. Okay? So with that in mind, let's talk to Jerry in Leesburg. Hey, Jerry, what's going on with your tomatoes? Hey, Nellie. Howdy. Um, I've got some leaf curl that is starting on my new tomato plants. uh, I've got big boys, and then I've got one heat wave. Mm Mm-hmm getting leaf curl on the bottom leaves, and I had uh, uh, set the bed up uh, when I planted the thing with mulch and manure and 
glyphosate and ag lime and uh, uh, still getting that problem. So what do you suggest? Are they curling up or curling under? Curling up. Okay. There are a couple of things. One is, uh, sadly, a very rich soil can cause that. In other words, um, uh, you'll be solved by the time it rains a couple more times, but the compost is just so rich that it has pushed the leaves to grow in a way that they're not accustomed to. It's also true that how long have they been in the ground? A month? Um, well, about, uh, I would say about 15 days. Okay. So it's a little bit of transplant shock. All right. You can always take the leaves off of the bottom of the plant anyway, and oftentimes we do that so that we don't get soil-borne diseases washing up onto the leaves from the soil below. So I would just take off the ones that are curled. Watch it. See if anything else happens because there's a, I mean, there's a slim, slim, slim chance that it's not a condition that is going to just go away. But if if it, if they continue to curl and you can act, you can have a spotted wilt virus, but the chances of that are real slim. Uh, the weather's been a little bit odd. Last fifteen days has probably been cold and warm, and both of those things can affect the the way that a plant, particularly a tomato, can be transplant shocked. I have uh, put uh, this uh, stuff on at the uh, fungicide. <clears throat> Try to hold back some of the. Uh, um, you know, wilt and everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I that should hope be that fine. Happen this year. <laughs> that should be fine. It's mainly right. well, mainly it's mainly just the spacing of the plants. You've got good varieties. Making sure that you've got them in full sun and that you fertilize them regularly enough to keep them growing steadily. They'll be fine. All right. Thank you. All right. Thank you much for calling. I can't wait to hear from your recipes. Come up in about six weeks or eight weeks. Someone brought me two more tomatoes. You know, I'm a cherry tomato thing. <laughs> I can't get away. My friend brought me um, yellow pear, which I really like as well, and a, a white cherry tomato. I don't know what I think about that. I'll let you know. What do you think about the clamatos, the brown ones? I really like Those that. Those are delicious. Yeah, I, they, I really they're like very, that. The visually side it makes it think like it's going to be chocolate or cocoa or something but it's just a delicious it's just tomato deep, yeah it's just a deep flavor i like black cherries um as well black cherry tomatoes i should say because they're they're thumb sized and they're dark like that and they have that very very rich flavor um it's it's a wonderful it's a wonderful variety of plant tomato has been so beloved by so many people for so long that between finding things and breeding things we've got a pretty good opportunity to grow some stuff I heard you talking about finding heirlooms already at the farmer's market. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, it was a, the first one I grabbed. It was probably a few weeks ago, and it was delicious. It was the most beautiful tomato. I actually sat it, you know, on the counter for about two days before I decided, okay, you're going to have to... <laughs> You're gonna have to eat this thing. It's I know it looks great, but he you stays home it. a lot, <laughs> and the rest of the time he works here. So. <laughs> That's funny. It is true, though. I have I have a picture that I pulled out to use in a program next week. That are some zinnias that I probably grew five years ago. It's still my favorite picture of zinnias, but because they were just so right, and I had them in a vase on the table, and I didn't need another picture of zinnias. You know, I, I didn't I didn't want them to go bad, so I took their picture. And they they did last a good long time, but I didn't get to eat them. They're not as good as the tomato for that. But I understand admiring things for a period of time. I do get that. Good question. Jackie from Brandon wants to know what's eating my hosta leaves and stalks. Could be the deer, probably slugs. 
Um, if you don't see them in the daytime, go out right at dawn and, and turn over a few leaves. You'll probably find them there then. The answer to that problem is diatomaceous earth in a circle around the hostas. That's really the most effective one. You can get more expensive ways if you're, if you have, for example, if you were growing award-winning hostas and you just needed them to be completely perfect, you might go for the copper circle. Yes, that's right. It's metal, and you put it on the ground around the plant, and the slugs can't cross it. But they won't cross the diatomaceous earth either because it slices their little bodies apart. That's right. I said that. Sorry, children. That's what we do. We try to keep them from coming to us by finding where they're nesting and disrupting that under a branch on the ground, back behind your compost pile perhaps, Sometimes in in one case, I I know someone who found a slug nest right underneath one of the brick piers of their house, but somewhere that's dark, that stays cool, where they can live. And if you disrupt that, that helps. But when when they get close to your plants, you want them to cross a barrier that they cannot escape. So that's what I would do for that. And by the way, that's the answer to the other question in uh, the Facebook group today. Because that was all about slugs from Charlotte. I recommended that to my dad the other day, and uh, he was grateful. He wanted me to tell you thank, <laughs> thank you because our um, the dog kennel, uh, oh, it, yeah. it, they were just taking over the dog yeah. food. And I said, look, I know <laughs> there's a solution perfect. for yeah. this. So They're like, thank you. You yeah. set this up just for us. You know? Exactly. No, but no, no, it no. helped. And he wanted me to tell you Well, diatomaceous you. earth is one of those things that is – when you find out about it, because it's not something you don't learn to spell diatom, you know, when you're coming through school. So you don't necessarily even know what one is, but they are fossilized sea creatures. So that's why I say when that the, 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 the slug will crawl across them and get cut. That's what happens. They grind that up so that it has sharp edges and it has incredibly sharp edges to the slug. You can touch it. You probably should wear gloves just because you might have a cut on your hand that would not be happy to have diatomaceous earth in it. But it's not something that's going to be dangerous to you. So that's why we put it there and, and bother them. <laughs> we want to we don't bother them a lot so they go somewhere else. I used to have, a, 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 a lot of people still do, puffers for diatomaceous earth. In fact, I do have one. I just don't know where it is. But you put it in just in the same way that you would have um, puffed a, an, another insecticide around a plant or something it just uses your hand to do that and i literally when the slugs were so bad and they were on my screen doors i would get up in the morning and before i was really awake so it didn't bother me so much i would dust the whole door with diatomaceous earth and they went on their way they were trying to come in like some kind of horror movie but i wasn't gonna let them Oh, John, this is beautiful. John sending pictures in this morning. That's just gorgeous. I have to tell you, you want Mississippi Museum of the Mississippi Delta dot com. John Meeks. I'm not going to say any more. Say that. <laughs> hey, by the way, if you like a little Steve Winwood in your life, and I hope you do. He's playing at the Carnation this weekend. How about that? Music for sleeping and music for studying share surprising similarities. We'll talk about this and much more coming up in the next hour of Weekend Gardening.
Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. Call toll-free. Welcome back. We're talking to Bob and his wife about doghouse living. Well, it's okay. Our doghouse is a double-wide and two-stories. Wow. An alternative for today's high-priced homes. Really? Try having your feet hang out all winter. Yeah, it's challenging. Folks, stay out of the doghouse by calling 811-BEFORE-YOU-DIG. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero. Hey, I'm here with Alex Murray of Auto Innovation. At Auto Innovation, we want to change your car buying experience. When you're in the market for a quality pre-owned vehicle, please come see us. We want to make friends, not just customers. All eligible vehicles are inspected by a Master Tech mechanic and come with a limited powertrain warranty on us. We are located on Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Come by and see us or check out our inventory online at autoinnovation.net. Let us change your car buying experience. Auto Innovation, Highway 51 in Ridgeland. Are you a hard worker? Are you dependable? Do you have a good attitude? Do you want to be part of a team? If so, the Black Label Bridge Builders at Key Constructors offers lead men and women purpose-driven career opportunities with on-the-job and outside training, leadership development, and benefits. To learn more about what it takes to be a Black Label Bridge Builder, please visit Key's website at keyconstructors.com. Please also follow at Key Constructors on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook to see regular updates on the Black Label Bridge Builder. Your home for Ole Miss sports. WFMN Flora Jackson. Super Talk Mississippi. Powered by your tree professionals at Baroni's Tree Pros. 601-345-8090. I'm Kelly Bennett, and you're listening to Super Talk Mississippi News. Former Governor Phil Bryant has released all text messages and emails related to the state's largest embezzlement scandal, claiming he had nothing to do with the misuse of millions in TANF funding. When I received evidence that suggested people appeared to be misappropriating funds, I immediately reported that to the agency whose job it is to investigate these matters. After much thought and discussion with counsel, I've made the decision to forego any arguments about executive privilege of my text messages in this matter and simply release them all. In the text, then NFL Hall of Famer Brett Favre is asking Bryant for help funding a volleyball gym at the University of Southern Mississippi. Neither Favre nor Bryant have been charged with the crime. For more information, find us online at supertalk.fm. We are the people, Mississippians. We are the land, growing food, fiber, and timber. We are there when you need us. From the roof over your head to the food on your table, we are small town, but big moments. Your next door neighbors. We are the Mississippi Farm Bureau Federation. 100 years and counting. Become a member today at msfb.org. Why? Just think about it. Why is the number one selling brand of chainsaws not sold at Lowe's or the Home Depot? We can give you over 10,000 reasons. That's how many authorized local steel dealers you can find across the country. 
Visit one and you'll find a range of dependable gas and battery-powered tools, from trimmers to blowers. And you'll find service from experienced professionals. Real Steel. Find yours at SteelUSA.com. Lowe's and Home Depot are trademarks of their respective companies. MDOT Executive Director Brad White is happy with the funding they received in the 2023 legislative session. He crunched the numbers on one of their appropriations bills. And it gave us uh, $40 million, uh, needed for match to draw down an additional $200 million from the federal government as a result of the uh, Investment and Job Infrastructure and Jobs Act uh, yep. gave a hundred million for the local communities, counties, and municipalities around the state for the Mercy Road and Bridge Relief Program, uh, and then it uh, set up a new fund for multimodal with rail, airports, and water ports, and it was funded to the tune of about thirty million. And then the big ticket item was another four hundred and fifty million for capacity uh, projects, which are the big construction projects that, <clears throat> for about ten years, the department, due to lack of revenue, had, had kind of mm-hmm. had a moratorium of sorts over. For all things Mississippi, visit supertalk.fm. In Sports Mississippi, I'm Dixon Williams. Baseball action last night, Ole Miss at Missouri for Game 2. The Missouri Tigers, 10-run rule, the Ole Miss Rebels, 13-3. To improve to 27-19, 7-16 in the Southeastern Conference. Rebels fall to 24-23, 5-18 in the conference. They'll play Game 3 today, 2 o'clock first pitch, 1-30 airtime on the Ole Miss Baseball Network. Mississippi State took on Arkansas, Battle of Razorbacks, but Arkansas pulled it out 6-2 to improve to 34-12, 15-7 in the Southeastern Conference. Bulldogs fall to 24-21 and 6-16 in the Southeastern Conference. They'll play game two tonight, 6 o'clock first pitch, 5.30 airtime on the MSU Baseball Network. Southern Miss and South Alabama, the Golden Eagles, a winner, 6-4. They're improved to 30-15, and 15-7 and in the Sun Belt Conference. They'll play game two today at 12 noon and game three on Sunday at 1 o'clock. This is Super Talk Sports Mississippi. People of Mississippi, it's time you get the benefits you deserve. If you're eligible for both Medicare and Medicaid, there's a local health plan just for you. Shared Health Dual Plus, a dual eligible special needs plan with more benefits, like a $2,500 yearly allowance for over-the-counter items and groceries, a $600 yearly allowance for utility bills, a $5,000 yearly allowance for dental care, and shared rewards. All access on one easy-to-use card, plus more. Or call 855-413-8769, TTY-711, or visit SharedHealthMS.com. Hey, Dr. Portrayal. Shared Health Dual Plus is an HMO SNP plan with a Medicare contract and a contract with the Mississippi Division of Medicaid. Enrollment in Shared Health Dual Plus depends on contract renewal. Shared Health Mississippi, Inc. does not discriminate on the basis of race, color, national origin, sex, age, or disability in its health programs and activities. Benefit limits and exclusions may apply. Check the plan's evidence of coverage or details or give us a call. Some history about the Kentucky Derby, which will be run later this afternoon. Meriwether Lewis Clark Jr. was the founder of both the Kentucky Derby and Louisville Jockey Club, which later became known as Churchill Downs. If that name sounds familiar, it should. He's a grandson of one of the great heroes of American history, famed explorer William Clark, and he was named for Clark's legendary partner, Meriwether Lewis. With a plan to revive Kentucky's horse racing industry, he built the track on 80 acres he leased from his uncles John and Henry Churchill, hence the name Churchill Downs. The first Kentucky Derby was run on May 17, 1875, won by Aristides, ahead of 14 other horses. The traditional song, My Old Kentucky Home, was added in 1921, 
and the winning horse will earn $1.8 million this year. Post time is around 6 o'clock this evening for the 149th running of the Kentucky Derby. I'm Dixon Webb. This is Super Talk Sports, Mississippi. The empress of everything green, Nellie Neal. Garden Mamas on the radio now to answer your questions and call you. Hello, baby. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome into Weekend Gardening for the merry month of May. Yes, you are correct. It is the first Saturday in May, and for those of you who observe, I promise I am not looking. It is, in fact, World Naked Gardening Day. So enjoy. Be bold, or not, as you wish, but try not to make too much fun of your friends that might be so engaged today. Hmm, how about that? Well, it won't be happening at my house, but it might be at yours. There, there are, however, plenty of other bits and pieces of gardening that need to be done right now in the midst of all the other events that pull on our attention. I don't know, m- maybe you're one of those people that puts on a fancy hat and goes to watch the Kentucky Derby, I think that's lovely. I think you should have a wonderful time. If you were with us in the first hour, you will know that Lance and I prefer to mix um, Bloody Marys for that occasion rather than mint juleps. But if you're into a mint julep, I know how to make that too, so go right ahead. I was actually gifted with a mint julep cup once um, after speaking in Atlanta, and I didn't know what it was. But luckily, I didn't ask. I went home and looked it up and discovered that I had been so honored. I didn't. I didn't know. <laughs> the old pewter cup. Uh-huh. Those. I mean, that's the only way to drink them. But apparently, and then you got to have when the one of the things that was always fun to me, and a lot of bartenders didn't like doing, but we didn't have like crushed ice. So I would take a rag and just jam smash it full the and just smash yeah. it around and beat it up and pull it out, and this is beautiful flake. Yeah, ice. y'all don't know that in the days before yeah. ice crushers, there were ice crushers. Right. Yeah. <laughs> they, they worked at the bar. It's such a classic. Classic drink is so simple to make too, but you really need. I mean, the the real key is that crushed ice and then that nice, beautiful piece of mint. That, I mean, mm-hmm, that's the trick. Mm-hmm. And uh, but no, I'm like you. I'd much rather have the bloody. I think it was like know. drinking out of a, a Girl Scout canteen to me to drink out of a pewter cup. I'm yeah. I'm very I'm so low class that I just don't know the difference. I They're guess. beautiful. They they <laughs> They're are lovely. Sits in my bookshelf. <laughs> it's, it's quite lovely. <laughs> anyway, and it was a fun time too. By the way, I had enjoyed that particular trip. I had never negotiated uh, the MARTA. The Atlanta train system by myself before I'd always been with a group of people. And I found it to be much easier than I expected it to be. Other than stairs with suitcases, it was just fine. It was it was easy, easy. I have some great things to talk to you today. I want to take your questions and your phone calls, of course, as well as your texts, because this is the time of year. Frankly, everybody's a gardener. I was dabbling into the social media last night. And I found a bunch of um, my colleagues, that is to say people who have uh, studied horticulture in school, and there's some things that they think you ought to know that you don't know. And I agree, but that's why I do this program. They were trying to say, how can we reach people? How can we get this information out about how important it is to actually grow vegetables without, you know, d- teaching a full, formal class? And I wanted to, I just, I didn't, but I wanted to raise my hand and say, radio, 
<laughs> that's what we do. And frankly, podcasts and, and all of those things, too. But we're lucky enough in this world that we can communicate without having to be in the same exact spot physically. That's called radio. So welcome in. Glad that you're here. I have had a couple of things this week. Interesting questions. I thought about what can I plant right now? Well, there's a lot. Did I miss it? You know that? No, you haven't missed anything, particularly this year. Let's face it. 42 in early May in Zone 8 is not really what we're looking at most of the time. But this year it has been. That has left us with much energy for planting things like caladiums. Uh, there's, there's One of the things that I really love about caladiums is that they don't actually look good until summer. They're going to sit there and be kind of meh, but they're really not going to be beautiful until they can put on a leaf a day and get bigger and bigger, and you just really have to appreciate them at that point. It does remind me of the cartoon that someone posted. Um, actually, they sent to me, and somebody else had posted it, but they sent it to me with the person who's tending their garden and the flowers on the other end of the bed are all saying, come on, get over here. We need some water. Where's the fertilizer? Okay, what happened? Why don't you take our... Well, those are the impatience, and they are very impatient. They like warm weather. They like shady conditions, and they want you to fertilize them just about every week. If you'll do that, as well as make sure they're getting some water. You know, the problem under a tree where you're going to grow the caladiums and the impatiens and even some things like Southern Shield Fern in a bed together, just magnificent display, knock your lights out when you walk in there. But the tree's getting all the water when it rains. So it's another reason why you can't count on the rain to water your plants. Okay, just one more example of that particular thing. I'm happy to tell you that... (laughs) There, there are some quotes in this world that I just can't. I just can't believe who said them. Fred Astaire always seemed to me like somebody who was gifted at making hard work look easy. Okay, let's face it. How many hours do you have to tap dance before you can tap dance up and down that stairway? I'll grant you, Ginger Rogers did all of it backwards and in high heels. That's not the issue here. It's just that there was a lot of work to be done there. And he did, in fact, rise to a a large degree because of his talent, not because he was so cute or witty or any of the other things that he may well have been, but it was his talent that got him there. He was born on May the 10th, 1899. Mm -hmm. We think of him as such an important part of the 40s and 50s, and in fact, He didn't die until 1987. He lived a good, long life. And here's something that he said that I don't know if too many people know he said this. The higher up you go, the more mistakes you are allowed. Right at the top, if you make enough of them, it's considered to be your style. Think about it. Harumph. Anyway. Fun stuff, though, to to contemplate while one is out in the garden. Uh, I've had a couple of friends that have been deeply into the philosophy bug this week and keep sending thoughts like this, and I appreciate it very, very much. So much fun. I have been enjoying and admiring my Louisiana iris this week. I hope you have, too. If you walk out into a garden and you come upon a stand of iris and you don't know exactly what they are because they don't actually have usually the falls that we think about, for example, 
on a bearded iris, how part of the flower stands up and the other parts fall down. The Louisiana iris tends to be flat right at the top of its its stem. And that is one of the ways that you can tell that sort of iris, that in the width of their leaves, it's a little bit different. It's, it's it kind of in the eye of the beholder. But for those of us who like Louisiana's, there, there, there are a lot of good reasons for that. Um, they're a, well... They're a classic blended family. <laughs> they come from four species of iris that all got together out there in the swamp and turned into one that could live. And that's how we ended up with copper iris, or that's where we get, rather, the, the, our affection for copper iris, one of the parents, which is truly copper iris. It's iris vulva, and it's a beautiful, 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 beautiful iris in and of itself. But, man... It gets put in the shade by all of the ones that have developed since then. Marie Collette, for example, the, some of the ones, the ones that are not specific species, the ones that are Louisiana's because their, their background is full of all of that stuff. Um, one of my very favorites is Cherry Bounce. It's a pure red flower and you wouldn't think of red as a color for an iris. You only get those in Louisiana's in that pure, pure, very, very red sense. Just beautiful. There's a, always a story in uh, my newsletter. You know, I, I have to tell you, there's something that I've read that week that I feel like you need to tune in here and and hear about and pay attention to. And I've got to bring you this one. I never knew. I, I studied chemistry in school enough to get a horticulture studies done, but I, I don't remember learning about hyaluronic acid. I learned about hyaluronic acid from the people that make cosmetics and if it has hyaluronic acid in it it's going to cost more that's what i can tell you about hyaluronic acid so when i read this story i was just tickled the you know what cartilage is all right i've torn mine on more than one occasion you may have to as well cartilage is a tissue that is basically your shock absorbers around your bones okay it's why you can either walk smoothly or not all right Unfortunately, it's hard to heal. And one of the issues that we we're always trying to figure out is the way to address the inflammation and the damage and maybe promote it to come back to itself to regenerate. Doesn't always do that, but maybe it, it can we hope it can do that. They have discovered a a liquid. They've they they've put together trying to figure this out. If you want to know who these people are, it's Nature Glue Tech in Korea. What a great name for what they're trying to do, which is to figure out, put that in, put the stem cells in so that they can heal the cartilage using a, an adhesive that is made from hyaluronic acid and muscles. Now, I often say you have to stay up really late at night to figure out some of these things. For example, who was the first person that decided to put olives into a brine and eat them three years later? Well, this is the same thing. How many things did they test before they came up with hyaluronic acid and muscles? But it's working. They developed a novel, which means unusual. doesn't mean it's a book. It means it's a novel in this in this context means unusual. But it's not unique, but it's unusual. Bioadhesive material. In the form of, write this one down, you're going to want to talk about it at dinner, viscous immiscible liquid. <laughs> that's a great, you don't even think about that. And then you think about it and you go, oh, well, that's why it could work. It's viscous. It's going to stick to itself and to, to whatever you're putting it on. But it's immiscible. It's not going to come apart. 
when it's used. So that's cool. That's really a neat thing. And for some reason or another, it doesn't disintegrate, but it also doesn't swell up in water. So those are all qualities that if you were going to make a product to do anything, you would think you couldn't do all these things at once, yet they have managed to formulate this adhesive material that securely encapsulates the stem cells and attaches them to the transplantation site. How cool is that? Muscles and hyaluronic acid. had no idea. Now, I can't tell you the chemistry of why this works. I can read it to you if you want me to. It would be gibberish to me and probably to you, too. But that's because we don't understand chemistry as well as we might. Trust me, we, I don't understand chemistry as well as I would like to. <laughs> Woo! You either, probably. All right. I teased a little bit about the music question. I have been, this this week has been um, really something for me. I have been in another point, of, I've taken on another point of view about my music. I'm not, I'm no longer wedded to any one era. I've been wedded to a few eras here in the last couple of years. This week I found myself listening to big band music, to instrumental rock and roll, which is, believe me, a really weird little genre on itself. And then I tried to listen to the music that had been written for the coronation today because I thought I should hear that. I didn't like it. I'm, I'm a sim- sometimes fan of Andrew Lloyd Webber. I didn't know any of the rest of the other composers. And I tried to listen to some of that and didn't like it. But I'm, Andrew Lloyd Webber, I'm kind of hit or miss with his stuff. I recognize that Phantom of the Opera is a classic. I never paid for a ticket. Okay. not just The music didn't entrance me that much. But... I'm not putting down anybody that does because everybody has something that hooks them. Found myself by the end of the week going right back to blues, going right back to the Mississippi Delta, which has always saved my life in times of trouble, even when I was a kid and didn't know what I was listening to. The first radio stations that you're ever able to pick up on the first radio that your family gives you are things that stick with you. I remember listening to baseball from Chicago for some reason. <laughs> wasn't into baseball, wasn't into Chicago, but there it was, so I could hear it. Um, there are a lot of things like that, and that this was that kind of week. I eventually got back to listening to some old-time blues, and that's, that was fun. You know, I grew up in a, a household where my, the classic rock was it was you know a big deal, and, and outlaw country. It was kind of the two. <laughs> and I had a 76 Chevy four-wheel drive truck. It was our hunting truck. It was known as the pumpkin because it was orange, <laughs> had a little white roof on it, but it only had an eight-track in it. Oh, yeah, and of so, course. <laughs> yeah, I grew up with uh, two eight-tracks that were in there, and it was Sly and the Family Stone. That's and our, cool in the game. Well, that's, those are and good places so, to start. Yeah, so those that's, were the two that I listened to every day going to school, and I pick up two or three people, and we'd all fit on the bench seat and a you know sure and listen to Big Cool drop. in the Gang and Sly in the Family Stone. So anytime I I hear those, there's it's a, a moment of nostalgia. Music has that capacity. Oh, yeah, it's Music can transport you. Um, when I hear the first piece that I ever danced to in dance class, I was seven or something, or maybe younger than that. But I I hear that, and it's I'm a Immediately back in that canary costume. (laughs) Really something. Oh, my goodness. That's fun. We're talking about the places in the... uh the, there's there's a few places to come and go, as we say. I had another complaint in the Garden Mama 
group this week that I don't really have an answer to. Well, I have a lot of answer to it, but it's going to sound like I'm preaching. Should I go ahead and preach? Maybe I will do that. Um, they're talking about the the price of plants and how they're they're so expensive. And their prices all went up from last year. That's true. They did. That's why you need to get on any kind of Mississippi Market Bulletin, Facebook, Neighborhood Bulletin Board, whatever it is. Find somebody that's growing some in your area and go buy from them. They would like that. They might even give them to you, but they'll certainly sell you a few if they have extras because then that pays them to get their next round of seeds. So you, you may as well do that. But um, true value, big box, uh, half home furnishings, yada, yada, can't find plumbing, so forth and so on. Big orange boxes, a little better. Well, and it does depend on where you are. I'm, I happen to have pretty good relationships with the big blue box near me. The same people have worked in their garden center each spring for the last several years, and I have named my plants after some of those people, so I'm very close to them. But on the other hand, I also have really, really good friends, obviously, at Lakeland Yard and Garden because that's where I have an opportunity to teach. It's where I have an opportunity to actually have a long history. So there's there are a couple of my plants that are named for them, too. They might not want to know that. <laughs> Oh, good. Now, see, we're going, oh, SoundCloud. Yes, indeed. All right. I'm going to listen to it. I'll listen to it at the break, Rhett. Thank you. See, that's what we, we talk about one thing, and then we talk about another thing. Um, I was remembering someone asked me if I'd ever seen Paul Simon in concert. And, yes, I did. I saw Paul Simon in the latter part of the world of Paul Simon, that is to say not with Art Garfunkel, but with his band from Africa. And then he was also with Clifton Chenier and Rifle Neal and all the people in the Zydeco world and the Cajun music world. So, yeah, I got to see all that. I can almost remember it, too. It was so long ago. All right, now, you know you got to get right. you got to be this person. Stick around now. We'll be right back. one voice the voice of agriculture we have one job growing the products you need every day we have one mission fighting for agriculture and rural mississippi we have you in mind caring for your private property rights we are the mississippi farm bureau federation 100 years and counting become a member today at msfb.org you know that nowadays, most people go online to look at a business before they spend their money. Are customers able to find you online? With the power of Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital, you can reach potential customers and get more referral and repeat business. Super Talk Mississippi Media Digital's highly trained and trusted staff is ready to work with you to help your business capitalize on the power of digital marketing. Call 601-991-2305 or go to stmmdigital.com to get started today. What if there was a paint that could awaken something as old as that Rip Van Winkle guy? Hey, what? Because it could adhere to the most weathered exteriors and completely restore its youth. Hey, there's hair on my head again. If a paint could give any time-worn surface stunning new life, is it still paint? 
Regal Select Exterior from Benjamin Moore. Paint like no other. Seabrook Paints in Jackson and Ridgeland. Visit SeabrookPaints.com. Be honest. If you had to choose between your phone or your boyfriend, which would you give up? Okay, now that he's gone, start using your phone to pay a checkout instead of swiping. With the Citizens Bank's new mobile pay, add your debit card to your phone's mobile wallet and pay with a touch. Who knew your phone was great with money? You made the right choice. Start using mobile pay from the Citizens Bank today. In your corner, member FDIC. Fresco Deli, serving giant sandwiches, award-winning rib plates, and original recipe catfish with a family-friendly atmosphere. Open 10.30 a.m. to 8 p.m. Monday through Friday. Frisco Deli, we have something for everyone. Located just off Pearson Road on Phillips Lane in Pearl. Come see us. I have two dogs, Sam and Bailey. Both are golden retrievers. Poor Sam, he was a mess. Always itching. His paws were soaking wet all day from just constant licking. He had bald spots on his back. I just don't like putting shots and steroids into your dog all the time. D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. Dynavite is nutrition. Probably two weeks after he started Dynavite, I started seeing great improvements. And today, 99% of his issues are non-existent. It's amazing stuff. Since Bailey has been 12 weeks old, he's been a Dynavite dog. And he has zero issues today. He won't eat his food without Dynavite. When I get out the Dynavite, my dogs actually salivate. Like I'm getting them a treat. They drool over it. Dynavite is the best thing you can do for your dog. You won't believe how happy your dog will be. I get my Dynavite from D-I-N-O-V-I-T-E dot com. With the current market and economic volatility and all the chaos in Washington, if you're feeling anxious about your investments, tune into Super Talk Jackson 97.3 on Sundays from 830 to 930 a.m. for Element Wealth Radio with Jeremy Nelson. Learn more at myelementwealth.com. Discover credit cards automatically double all the cash back you earn at the end of your first year, which means... Wait, 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 hold up. Question for the audio engineer. Go ahead. Did I read that right? Discover automatically doubles all your cash back? Yeah. That's what the script says. So if I get a Discover card right now, I can earn twice the cash back. Apparently. Wait! Unlimited first-year cash back match. Only from Discover. See terms and learn more at discover.com slash match. Yes, indeed. It's all on the radio, you know. That's, that's why we're here. Listen, have you ever thought about this? Ansel Adams may be the most famous photographer that we have heard of in, in, a, in, in a particular couple of decades there. Early on, visions of the West that are just spectacular, beautiful, beautiful photography of the natural wonders that are there. Annie Leibovitz, fantastic photographer pictures of every person that's ever been famous in the middle to the latter part of the 20th century and on into the 21st. But we never see them taking selfies. Okay. The pictures that we see of them usually look like someone has surprised them with a camera. 
the famous one of Ansel Adams with his hat on looking back. It looks as if he's cursing <laughs> to tell him to get that camera off him. <laughs> and Annie Leibovitz usually doesn't look too pulled together either. I'm not talking about official portraits. I'm just saying the the way people take so many selfies now. So some studies have been done. Ohio State University wanted to find out why do we do this? And indeed, there's a couple of different psychological reasons why we do or don't put ourselves into a picture. First, we have to get past the the early 20th century being raised, as I'm sure Annie Leibovitz and, and even Ansel Adams probably were, that if you're if it's a picture of you, it's vanity. Okay, we understand that early on people didn't want their picture taken. They felt that their spirit was being captured in it or else they wanted to dress up in clothes that they would never wear on a regular day so that it was formal and could go forward. And, of course, they didn't smile for that. So that's why the pictures of your relatives all look like they just went to a funeral. It's not that they did, but that's how they thought they were supposed to look in a photograph. Okay, who told them this? I don't know. The few that you find of people smiling are a great relief in those eras. So if I take a picture, for example, on the wall in my house, there's a picture of a a particular beach, and there's another picture of a particular um, view of the Botanic Garden that I shot in Hawaii. I'm not in that picture. My friend's not in that picture. The dog's not even in that picture, okay? Because I wanted to remember that place. It turns out that the psychology of it is important But if you put yourself in it, this is not the picture where it's only your face and you're trying to look like, you know, a Cardassian or something. It's not not that kind of selfie. But a picture where you're in the picture along with the beach or along with the botanic garden has a makes a different message and at the same time puts you there for your own psychological benefit. So that when you tell the story, you don't have to say, well, yeah, I was there. You, You can prove you were there. That's part of it. It's also really important that it's a more personal photo if you're in it than if you just take a picture of the waves crashing on the beach, as I did. I I was a photographer in those years in the same way that I am now. I was taught to take pictures of things, not of me. (laughs) I was taught how to compose a shot. I wasn't taught how to put me in it. So it's a different way of looking at things. And fortunately, Ohio State is now letting us know that both ways are okay. But if you want it to be your personal memory and you want to be in one side of it, not the middle of the picture, but in the picture with your friends, your dog, your relatives, whatever, in that setting, it is going to be a more personal memory and something that you may want to keep longer i love the movie uh, seth mcfarland did was uh, a million ways to die in the west with Charlize <laughs> theron and one of the opening scenes is where he kind of he's in town and it, they're blown away that somebody had taken a picture with a smile it's like oh my lord somebody That's had right. a yeah, frightening yeah, yeah, yes. it was the first yes. time for everybody it's hilarious though that and just echoing it's exactly what you're saying. that it's exactly that there's a picture of a, a relative from my family that is standing on a street and doesn't look like you know he it, it doesn't look like the right time he's not sitting posed stiff in front of something but it was an advertising picture for his business and so presumably the photographer was able to tell him It's okay. Stand there. Loosen up. He wasn't exactly smiling, but he didn't look quite as sour as he did in the other photos. So I think we've learned something. I think we have learned something. Jimmy wants to know if this is no longer a gardening show. Send me a gardening question, Jimmy. We'll show you. What do you want to talk about? I'm ready. Let's go. (laughs) 
By the way, Andy and Jackson says he got the zinnia seeds with the instructions that I sent him. He'll be planting them today. Thank you so much. He'll keep me posted. Thank well, you, The zinnia, I love the zinnia seeds. It is your business card, basically. It is. And I loved it. I Thank kept, you. I kept that. <laughs> I wanna, You're supposed to. Thank love, you. Yeah, that's awesome. Keeps your my email address around and that sort of stuff. But your, your plants came up. My plants came up, but they look like they didn't want to. <laughs> I've got them in the front bed. I'm going to go out there and poke on them today. Yeah, so. I've, I've talked to them for about a week. Well, and they're, then they they're finally, responding. Yeah, they yeah. finally jumped up. That's really good news. See, it is a gardening show. No kidding. Now, here's one more piece of not gardening news that you want to know, but there's an awful lot of landscape work in John Meek's exhibit coming up at the Museum of the Mississippi Delta beginning May the 7th with a reception in the evening, and then the exhibit goes on through the 23rd of June. Okay? Go see him. Be there. You're going to be glad you did. And that uh, talking about the Delta a little bit, they, you know, they uh, I read the other day that they um, have approved and plan on starting the pumps for the South Delta. So if you have any, you know, Southern Delta folks, yeah, around that's I heard and read that. If y'all have any further information, we'd love to know. But uh, hopefully that will help you guys keep a drier planting field uh, as we move forward in the future. It has been rough. I'm happy to know that they're working on that. When is the last day in Tallahatchie County area to plant? You can plant something all the time. He hadn't planted his wildflowers yet. I don't think there's a problem with doing that right now. As we get further into summer, you're going to want to plant things that can tolerate more heat, like sunflowers and the zinnias that we just talked about and and plants like that. But there's always something that you can plant. It just kind of depends on what you want to grow. You know, we see at times driving on the interstates, uh, generally speaking, the wildflower test plots. Mm-hmm. And is that mm-hmm. run by the state of Mississippi or the highway department? There, or who does that? There's, there's, they're run by the, who oh, I'm going to get it wrong, Keep Mississippi Beautiful started it, I think. And and all praise to Halla Joe Ellis, y'all. Y'all know who I'm talking about. Um, the, the, and, and Mrs. Fordyce started all of that. But I don't actually know who's responsible for it. I know that for a long – because the highway department does the mowing, and a lot of the work of the volunteers that wanted those flowers to be there was to get the folks not to mow it while the seed heads were on so that the plants could go to seed and then you mow it. So there was, once they got that down – the Coreopsis and all the other wildflowers that were in these plantings were able to continue to reseed themselves, which was the point of them being there. It wasn't to plant every year. It was to get them to be sustainable. But you have to mow at the right time. <laughs> so, And frankly, that's true in your own garden. I've, I have um, told the story about the Mexican hat. It's a wonderful plant that I really love that I planted downhill from where it grows now. There's no reason why it would have washed uphill, but it did. I'm guessing that it got stuck on a cat or a puppy and came on upstairs and, and up the up the driveway and got planted there somehow or another. But it's just about to go back into bloom again, and I had to remind myself last fall not to cut it down because it really got zapped in that first bit of weather that we had. But it still had some seeds on it, and sure enough, it has it has come back and is pr- frankly prettier than it was. I think we're seeing that of a lot of things that way. Really pretty. Queen Anne's Lace, beautiful, beautiful, Bill. Yes, it's just a gorgeous, gorgeous flower. We're so lucky to have it um, in, in, our, in our world. That's, uh, oh, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> Rhett and I are talking about Paul Simon, in case y'all wondered. 
All right, now let's see. Oh, David, I'm so sorry. In Oak Grove, nine of 11 of my Japanese persimmons died during the bad freeze this spring. Was it just bad timing when they were putting on the leaves that shocked and killed them? You know, it's so hard to tell. Uh, Sometimes it's that the percentages were against you, and thank goodness a couple of them survived. But it's really hard to know. Obviously, it depends on what se- what time. If it had happened a month before when they had not yet begun to push their forward growth, they might not have been as vulnerable to the freeze. But that's about the only way you can puzzle those things out. It, you can't really tell. There's we, we talk about forensic horticulture with kind of a laugh, but it, it is the real thing. We That's why people go back and examine the tissue samples and take care of looking at things to see if there was some disease or some problem. But in this case, you know what got them. The freeze got them. And, yes, it probably had something to do with the phase of growth that they were at. Still doesn't explain why the other two didn't get killed, interestingly enough. The ladybugs, that's wonderful. The ladybugs um, on your apple leaf are really good for your tree. They're helping to clean up the whatever mealybugs or aphids or something might be trying to eat your plant. They don't take the place necessarily because they don't they don't control every insect that's there, but they should always be encouraged because they're they're not there for no reason. They're not ornamental. They're there because there's something to eat. Um, Arlene Biloxi, hello. Do you use crushed eggshells in your garden or compost? I compost them. Oh, and she trimmed her poinsettia. Yes. She must have seen the video. I put a video up for my patrons this week that, that showed that I still couldn't because it was so windy. But I'm about to go back, go into the pruning world on him uh, this week. So I'm glad you went ahead and did this. It is time to do it. I just didn't have a condition where I could. But, yes, I use crushed eggshells. I, I don't. I put them in the compost. They're, they're fine. I have at times... There's a couple of things that my soils tend to run toward the acid side because I use organic elements and I try to improve their drainage, and their, but they're, they're old soils anyway. So eggshells are on the other end of things chemically, on the other end of things. They're, they're almost like lime in their consistency and what they do to the soil. So, for example, if I'm going to plant spinach in September in an area that I haven't planted it before, I will start in June saving eggshells and making a crush so that then I can apply that to that soil to raise its pH a, a little bit in in getting ready to plant the spinach because the spinach will come up so much better if the soil is neutral or a little bit on the alkaline side. It's just one of the differences. Everything's different. And one of the, in this case, it's what, what spinach likes as opposed to everything else. Can you take old plants such as ferns and things of that nature that say the freeze hit and zapped and you've dumped them out in a pile back, you know, in the back 40? Mm-hmm. Can you allow those to compost up or mix in? Or would you say don't use older plants that have died like, you know, ferns? And as the- long as they didn't die from something that I think could spread to something else, I'm going to use them all. I'm going to use all that plant material. <laughs> Every bit of it. I paid for it. I'm going to use it. <laughs> or I grew it anyway. The The problem is, of course, if you have had a really serious infestation of something, you don't want to compost anything, whether it was a, a fungus disease or an insect business. If you, for example, disturb the nest of your white flies and you find it in your gardenia and you have to cut off part of the gardenia, you're not going to take that and put it in your compost. But if things just croak because they croaked or maybe they froze or whatever it was, I'm always going to reuse it. 
uh, there's you've seen that I throw everything in there why not and they all look great so let's see um with the recent influx of centipedes do you have any recommendations on deterring them well um usually the centipedes are looking for a place that is a little bit more hospitable than where they would have been living for example if under these containers stays a little bit drier that's where they're going to congregate, which is part of the reason why I use pieces of brick to raise my containers. I do that in part so that the containers can drain more properly, but it's also because there's all sorts of things that would like to get underneath and live there that I don't need living there. So that's one way that I do it. If you find that you have a whole boatload of them in in, in one particular part of your garden, take a shovel and move them somewhere else. You know, you you can certainly, we don't know what kind of caterpillars they are. If you can't identify them, just move them. If you can identify them and there's somebody you don't want in your garden, obviously we're going to use an opportunity, take the opportunity to dipel them or thoracide them and let them do their, you know, be parasitized and die. But if we don't know what they are, they may actually be something that we would like to have hatched. So just take them and get them out of your garden. As you turn over things, you know, bricks and yeah. brick stones and stuff, would you take some, a lot of these loose earthworms and put them into potted plants? It depends. depends. Mm-hmm. If if they're if they're loose and I need an earthworm somewhere, sure. But for the most part, they just disappear back underneath once you disturb them. Again, they've come to the surface because they're trying not to drown. <laughs> I don't know. Not everybody's soil is as wet as mine, but mine has been really wet this spring. So that's part of it. Is I think they're all looking for another place to live. Yep. That's right. See, falling asleep with WLS coming in and going out. That's from um, St. Louis. Yep, we all. Yep, yep, yep. Beautiful stuff. When planting wildflowers, is it better to plant in fall or spring? Probably fall, but it kind of depends on what you're planting. Send me a list, and I will advise you. Be glad to. See, it really is a garden show. And there's more to come on Weekend Gardening. Hello, I'm Colonel Randy Ginn, Director of the Mississippi Highway Patrol. In 2021, MHP investigated 1,480 crashes involving commercial motor vehicles on Mississippi roadways. Many of those crashes could have been avoided. The MHP Motor Carrier Safety Division is partnering with big rig truckers to conduct safety checks across our state through the Troopers and Truckers Safety Initiative. The Department of Public Safety and the Federal Motor Carrier Safety Administration are working together with one common goal, to keep our highways safe for everyone. Thank you and drive safe. Are you looking for a contractor for your new home or remodel? Go licensed. Unlicensed contractors may try to convince you that pulling your own permit can save you money. But they may do shoddy work, or in some cases, no work at all, costing you far more in the long run. Protect yourself and your investment by comparing estimates from three licensed contractors. Remember, go licensed. For more information, contact the Mississippi State Board of Contractors at msboc.us.
Garden Mama here for Lakeland Yard and Garden. Now is the time to get yourself to Lakeland Yard and Garden for the largest selection of patio furniture, outdoor-indoor living areas, umbrellas, replacement cushions, and beautiful fountains and stepping stones. You'll even find Komodo Joe grills and collegiate gift items. The expert staff members at Lakeland Yard and Garden will be happy to guide you through their large nursery stock of bedding plants, perennials, tropicals, and more. While you're there, be sure to get your topsoil or mulch sold by the bag or in bulk. Lakeland Yard and Garden even offers local delivery. Lakeland Yard and Garden, growing your way and serving you for over 40 years. Stop by or call today, located at Lakeland Drive and Airport Road, 601-939-7304, online at lakelandyardandgarden.com. Listen to your garden mama now. It's Lakeland Yard and Garden Center for all your gardening needs and a whole lot more. Pinnacle Motors, quality vehicles, affordable prices, and now Ed Sheds. 8x12 utilities to 16x40 cabins and garages available. Set to be wired, painted, and finished out if need be. Setup and delivery is free and financing is available. Your new go-to for Ed Sheds is Pinnacle Motors. Off Highway 471, the corner of Baker Lane and Vine Street in Brandon. Online at PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. That's PinnacleMotorsLLC.com. Your next garage, utility, building, or cabin is at Pinnacle Motors. We'll see you soon. Today on Hey Culligan, Smart Home, Smarter Water Softener. Here's Kevin. Hey Culligan, can a smart water softener lift those heavy salt bags for me? Kevin, it can. <laughs> Wait, it can? Yep, the smart high-efficiency water softener from Culligan can alert your dealer when the salt needs to be replaced, and they'll do it for you, so your water stays soft and you stay away from lifting the bags. I mean, I could lift them if I wanted. No judgment here, Kevin. We're happy to do it, and we're already on the way. Let us help you out with a free in-home water test with the local Culligan water expert at Culligan.com. Still waiting in lines and fighting the big crowds in Starkville and Oxford? The College Corner, where it's our job to make your Saturdays great. We have significantly increased our inventory, so there's even more to choose from. Come by, and our staff will have you in and out and on your way. Want to score at your next tailgate or homegate party? Then look for us online at collegecornerstore.com or come see us at our Ridgeland store and in Flowood. The College Corner, where it's our job to make your Saturdays great. Having any electrical problems? LaValley Electrical Services. We install new switches, breakers, relays, and Kohler generators. LaValley Electrical Services. We handle new lighting fixtures, ceiling fans, electrical outlets, and LED lights. LaValley Electrical Services. 601-228-9969. 601-228-9969. That's 601-228-9969. Or online at LaValleyServices.com. That's LaValleyServices.com. And when we say chank-a-chank, we're very happy about that. It is not a put-down. Yes, indeed. That is called Vu Crowley. So if if you're visiting my friend Martha Harmon at Harmon's Greenhouses in Crowley today, over in Louisiana, tell them, hey. (laughs) They have, by the way, if you don't follow them on the Facebook, Harmon's Greenhouse, they're funny. They put up some funny stuff. You should should get after them. (coughs) Excuse me. Talking about the centipedes. And then rolling on into the caterpillars that you can also find clusters of and you don't recognize. The centipedes are kind of like pill bugs. You know, you may find a whole bunch of pill bugs underneath a plant, 
particularly where it's dark and not quite as wet as it is underneath the soil or underneath other things where they would ordinarily live. Those are all things that just can be moved. The good news is that if you have to get rid of a whole bunch of them and that doesn't you know that doesn't for somehow or another suit you lime usually disturbs their 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 environment enough that they'll move on someplace else but phys- again physical control is usually the best way to go all right all right what about a honeysuckle that blooms yes there are honeysuckles that bloom that smell good that do, are not invasive that's what you have to ask for the honeysuckles that you see blooming everywhere right now that are the classic ones that we would go and pull out the nectar from and, and enjoy as children are a terrible, invasive, really mean plant. If you stand in one place too long, like kudzu, it will crawl up your leg. So you don't want that. It's going to drape over your azaleas and smother them. It's going to take over everything if you try to plant it in your garden. Those of us who have it, because it came there from somewhere else, generally speaking, try to control it as much as we can. There are, however, more modern and equally fragrant honeysuckle varieties you just have to go to the garden center see them in bloom and smell them and decide if it's what you want okay um i don't know what the gray beetles are in tallahatchie county i don't know somebody knows you should tell us we can pass on the information let's see do 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 that's all the that's that group i do like it when y'all write back and say thank you that's so sweet of you you appreciate that oh Columbia, Mississippi. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Go to Barrett's. Say hello for me. When the freeze came, the hydrangeas were getting new leaves. Yep, now the new leaves. He's got more leaves on the top and on the bottom. This is a harder decision. I have to say, mine was easy because I had all the sticks coming up out of the hydrangea. The leaves were at the bottom, made a beautiful clump, but there was only one stick at the top that had any leaves on it. In this case... You got a whole bunch. So I, I'm going to take out the ones that are the, where the leaves are above that flower, above that um, stick is coming out of above that new leaf culture and see if we can get a flower there. But I anticipate that we probably won't, that the flowers will form down under the bottom. So I would leave it, though, because I wouldn't be able to cut it off either. OK, I like that, though. That's pretty. It looks better than mine. I'll tell you that. <laughs> Mine looks good now because I cut all of those branches off the top. Um, let's see. Okay, you did good. Planted all those things. That's great. I like that. Oh, my goodness. Last week, I mentioned that uh, Ken Hackman would be here. <laughs> of course, I didn't know what day it was. So I can tell you two dates that are very important. One is that on May the 7th, I'm sorry, see, I've done it again. On May the 9th, John Meeks' exhibit opens at the Museum of the Mississippi Delta. And next Saturday, that's right, I won't be here. Ken Hackman will be here. Now that I know what day it is, if I can remember to put gas in my car, I will be down the road, <clears throat> and that'll be fun. I have no idea what this is about. Um... Those are stink bugs in that picture. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm sorry. So if you got stink bugs already, I don't know what to tell you. It's a little early for them. Um, it's another case where you really do need to get them if they're in your house or in your garden. Either way, you need to get them out of there because they will do a lot of damage. The way that we handle stink bugs 
although it's usually June or July before I see any, is to lay down the white sheets underneath the plants that you've seen the stink bugs on, then go out the next morning, early in the morning, and shake the plants. They'll fall off, and you'll capture a whole lot of them that way. If we had good stink bugs that I could count on, I would get you to encourage those. We don't have enough of those. Fred's in Petal. What's going on? Hey, how you doing, Garden Mama? Doing well. What's up? All right, this is what I was going to know. My wife has this uh, magnolia, a gala, however you pronounce it. But I, I'm just wondering, uh, about a, it's about 14, 15 foot tall and 8 inch, 8 foot diameter, and the uh, limbs and all. Mm-hmm. And uh, about a third of the top of it looks dead with brown leaves. Mm-hmm. I just wonder if it's from the freeze or a, a blight. Is this like, magnolia? Is this magnolia fuscata, the banana shrub, banana tree? The, yeah, the flowers smell like bananas. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. It. It's the freeze. I'm sorry. All right, cut off the part I, that's I, dead. I the rest of it's going to come back. Mine, the, the the top eight feet of mine died, <laughs> so I have like yeah. stumps with leaves on them. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, go ahead right. and cut back the part that doesn't have any. That you know, you can do the scratch test and tell where it has some green underneath the bark. Leave that and cut the rest of it off. All right, appreciate the uh, news and sure. the. Uh, look, show. it's going to be okay. It's just not going to look that great this year, but it's going to be okay in the long run. <laughs> All right, <laughs> thank that you for it. Appreciate it. Thank you. He's right. You know, it does look pretty rough. <laughs> I've got one looks pretty rough. Oh my goodness. We always, we want to make sure that we have plenty for the bees to eat. And here we go. We're into the bee wars. Yes, uh, who has not uh, enjoyed homegrown honey? Well, we do, but guess what else we've got? If you've got all urban honeybees, the wild bee populations are losing. That's not necessarily a bad thing unless you need more bees anyway, okay? So what they found was that they're the fewest, the areas where the bee numbers have increased the most, where people live, are the same areas where the wild bee populations have fled to the forest. <laughs> They've gone, there are fewer of them. So the next thing I predict is an, a study that will have to take place in all the rural areas to find out how many bees there are in the rural areas. Not that people don't count them already, but now we're going to have to count them with a different point of view to see if their numbers are increasing as the numbers of them in the urban environments are decreasing or are they is something else happening to them. Okay, so that's what we're doing. Um, yeah, they do. That's the reason they're called stink bugs. They do stink. That's exactly true. I don't even know how to fix this story and make it make sense, but because it was people at Tulane, I thought it was terrific, and I ought to hear you. You ought to hear about it too. If you have ever had a Mayan calendar, the the stone round calendars, I have two of them that have been given to me over the years. The Mesoamerican calendar system has always been confusing to those of us who don't know what it is about. And in this particular case, the researchers at Tulane have actually solved the mystery, which is shocking. I didn't think anybody could do that. It's actually a longer time than we thought. As a as a culture, as a society that has come in and laid itself over in the last several hundred years, has laid itself over this particular part of the world, we didn't always look at what they were doing with a great deal of charm or, under, or understanding, okay? So prior researchers had found that there might be something in this calendar that was tied to the position of the planets in the sky. 
they noted, for example, that for mercury, it, it equals the, the numbers work and it equals to 817, 819, I'm sorry, but that didn't work with the other planets. So how did all of this happen to work out? Well, they did the math. And I encourage you to do the same thing. If you can't figure it out, go back to what puts the problem together. Is there enough sun? Is there too much water? Is there a fertilizer problem? Has there been so much sun and water that the plants used it all up? Do the math. This is Weekend Gardening. Telesouth Communication. Think of all the comforts your family enjoys around your home. When you include propane appliances throughout your home, you can have even greater comfort from endless hot water to softer clothing and cozier heat on cold winter days. With an all-propane home, you'll also enjoy greater efficiency and energy savings compared to all electric homes. Go to PERC.com and ask why propane. The answer will be clear. Energy for everyone. Propane. Visit MSPropane.com. Welcome to Doghouse Living. Our guest is Bob and his wife, Jenny, who started this craze. Well, you know, while digging, I hit a gas line and blew up our house. Well, Bob, I am just blown away. No pun intended, of course. Why wouldn't you just call 811? So, the takeaway, folks, to stay out of the doghouse, call 811 before you dig. Let's make our goal zero damages, zero injuries. Now's the time to take advantage of great savings at Bob Boyd Honda. We've got Mississippi's largest selection of Hondas to choose from. And with new Hondas coming in daily, you're sure to drive away in something you love. And remember, we'll give you crazy money for your trade-in. Our certified Honda technicians will keep you on the road this summer. That's just one of the Bob Boyd benefits that comes with every new vehicle. Award-winning service and unbeatable offers. Only at Bob Boyd Honda and Brandon. Come see us and let's get you a deal. ESISupply.net. It's not if you're going to have a spill at your business or workplace, it's when. ESISupply.net. Exorbent pads by the bundle or roll. ESISupply.net. Socknet boom products, oil gator, oil dry spill kits, and much more. ESISupply.net. Take it from Scary Gary. If it can spill, it's gonna. ESI Supply, 601-933-4910. That's 601-933-4910 or online at ESISupply.net. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.